You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. Thanks for tuning in to Mining Stock Education. In today's episode, you're going to be hearing from a mining speculator, private investor, sophisticated investor, and newsletter writer, Brian Lenny of JuniorStockReview.com. Uh, Brian's become a good friend and I often bounce ideas off of Brian, uh, potential investments, because I've uh, really appreciated his diligent approach to speculating. And one resource that Brian came up with a few years ago or several years ago is the Diligent Speculator uh, Educational Series in Mining. Now as a subscriber to Brian's service, I didn't realize that this was part of the package, but uh, Brian told me to check it out and I've uh, been watching and going through some of Brian's tutorials and educational videos, uh, which are really excellent if you are wanting to profit, you believe we're in a commodity bull cycle, you wanna profit from mining stocks, but you don't come from a mining background like myself, you really need to devote yourself to learning this industry. You got to know the terminology. You got to know the basics of the deposit types and these technical aspects. You don't have to become uh, so knowledgeable that you'd get hired in the mining sector, but you need to be able to understand the press release and at least uh, talk the lingo. And so Brian put together a, a very good introductory video series that comes with his subscriber package. So Brian, I appreciated watching those. Thanks for putting it together. Welcome onto the show, but give us a little more color. What's the background of these videos? And I want listeners that don't know, you were an engineer and you didn't come from the mining background either. You're from Canada, so you're more in tune than the mining sector than I was before I got involved in this, but uh, you were able to sell your house, multiply that money in 2016, and now you've been investing full-time as a result of it. So you know, how did this educational journey, how did that lead you into being able to leave your job and now be a full-time investor? Sure. Thanks for having me, Bill. Um, so, yeah, as you said, I left my job in 2016, a job that I had done for about 10 years. And, uh, you know, that, that 10 years after school was a journey in itself. You know, I was an engineer first then got into management. And for me, you know, I wasn't enjoying what I was doing was, was the bottom line. And so when I did do well, uh, I did take that risk in 2013 and I sold my house and I took the money and I put it into what I thought were the best uh, junior miners. And when my portfolio went up in 2016, I took that opportunity um, to leave and to kind of go out on my own. And, uh, you know, the, the big thing is before, you know, the mining stocks, and I put a lot of time into learning, um, but it didn't matter as much if I was right or wrong. Uh, you know, this was sort of bonus money, I think is the way I kind of looked at it. And it did change when I sold my house and I put, you know, two thirds of our net worth into the market. But I don't know if, if the reality was as clear as it was when I left my job and I was on my own. And so what I did is I thought to myself, you know what, I need to get even better at picking these stocks and understanding the market and in generally just, just get fully engrossed in it. So I've, and I took all my notes from, you know, the last, you know, decade of, of investing and I condensed them down into this, you know, right now there's five modules in the video series. And I started off with geology and I narrowed it down to those specific things that I thought were the most important. And uh, I executed and I made a video. And then I moved on to, uh, you know, um, the types of mineral deposits and 
the kind of grades and tonnages you're supposed to, you should be looking at if you're going to be, you know, a company's exploring for it. Uh, there's a module on exploration, um, some of the finer points on what to look for in an exploration program. And, uh, and yeah, and the, so that kind of grew on itself. And I did those first things in 2017. And then I finished that up over the last kind of year and a half. And since I made this, you know, junior stock review premium, I thought it would be a great addition um, for subscribers that wanted to, you know, take their journey with me and learn more. And so, you know, in, invariably, so they don't need me anymore. And I think that's ultimately where you want to be. Um, you want to understand and make your own decisions. And there's never wrong with, you know, looking for someone else's viewpoint. Um, but I think ultimately to be the most successful, um, you need to have a certain level of education. And I think that this video series um, could go a long way into helping a lot of people. So Brian, when you were working your job, and I'll just use this term and correct me if I, it's the wrong term, but mining stocks were more of a hobby before they were actually seen as a means to your financial freedom. Was there something that clicked to where you said, I'm going to be more diligent in my study because I see this end goal of financial freedom? Definitely when I sold my house, <laughs> like when, it, when the, the quantity of money goes up significantly, I think that it makes everybody kind of, you know, look a little bit harder. But I honestly, I think because I was still making a steady paycheck, it wasn't where it was supposed to be. It wasn't until, you know, I was that week after I left my job and I'm sitting there and there isn't that paycheck coming into the bank the next week. And you really wake up, you know, like I'm responsible for this and I'm responsible for my family. I had kids and uh, it's something I wanted to and I needed to focus on completely. And that hobby went into, you know, a job or, uh, you know, it's my not my sole focus, but my sole financial focus. And uh, I've gotten the, compared to where I was to where I am today, I can't even put a number on it on how much better um, I am as an investor and a speculator. And I owe it to that hard work I've done. Now in saying that, you know, and I mentioned to this in conversation to you before, there's a few people that I've had come into my life that I'm not sure I, would be in my position I'm in today if I hadn't met them and they hadn't had that influence on me. And that's both from uh, a life point of view and uh, from a mining stock investor point of view. Um, so, you know, you can educate yourself a lot, but your network and the people you let influence you um, are that other component that maybe people forget about. And one last thing, you don't need to know these people personally to, for them to necessarily have a positive effect on you. So keep that in mind. And so you can, you know, learn from people via the internet or shows like this. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you know one of the things that you're going to be, or people, especially in the junior sector, I think have to hone is their ability to find those people that are truthful, um, that are, uh, upfront and, you know, are, are giving you the, the, are saying the right things and, you know, the genuine is probably the best way to put it. And you find those kind of people and you see that they're in the position that you maybe want to be in, in the future. And you listen to how they got there. Um, and it's a great blueprint for you to, to get there. Okay, Brian. So, uh, in 2016, when you made a lot of money and you sold your house. So now you're playing with two thirds of your net worth and you've put it into junior mining stocks, high risk, high reward. You've made some money. What was your mentality in terms of harvesting that into realized gains? 
And uh, what was your exit strategy? You know, because you were probably, I would assume, a little more anxious with that money. You know, you're not already a multi multi millionaire <laughs> at that point. Uh, tell us about it. Walk us through. You know, no, quite honestly, you know, honest, uh, I'll be quite honest with you. I was forced to sell and uh, I had to buy a house. I had to, there was a lot of stuff that needed to be done right off the hop when I left my job and to reestablish. Cause remember I did sell my house, so we didn't have anything we were renting. And so I had to sell some big positions. Reservoir minerals um, was a big winner for me and that paid basically paid for a large portion of, of my house. And, uh, I had to cash those positions in. So in reality, I would probably would have been more of a bag holder. You could have said, and I hadn't necessarily learned that in 2016 that I need to sell and I need to take profits off the table. I need to protect my downside risk. And that's maybe that was probably one of the biggest things that's changed for me over the last four years is being able to, you know, separate myself a little bit from that, you know, 10,000 foot view of the 10 bagger or, um, you know, the multi bagger type of mentality and say, okay, you know, I make 30, 40%. I take that off the table. Um, doesn't mean I close the whole position, but I'm, I'm always either taking that into cash or I'm moving into, uh, some, some new opportunity. And uh, that is really what's made me successful in the last couple of years and successful, especially in the bear market where, you know, 30, 40% is a great return on, it's a great return on in any market, really. Um, but, you know, when you're in the bull, this is when these multi-baggers become more of a possibility. So, yeah, like the, I was forced into that. But then a mentor, especially, he he sh- he definitely pointed me in the right direction, and following um, his guidance, you know, has made a tremendous difference. Gold Terra Resource Corp. is a gold exploration company that has assembled a highly prospective district-scale land position on the doorstep of the city of Yellowknife in Canada's Northwest Territories. Gold Terra is currently focused on expanding and delineating gold resources at the company's Yellowknife City Gold Project with the goal of discovering over 5 million ounces. With ready access to infrastructure and multiple high-grade gold discoveries, Gold Terra is on track to re-establishing Yellowknife as one of the premier gold mining districts in Canada. Gold Terra trades as YGT in Toronto and YGTFF on the OTC. For more information, go to goldterracorp.com. That's goldterracorp.com. If there's a new mining speculator that's trying to really hit it out of the park in this up cycle here, how would you advise them regarding position sizing? I guess I'm more prone to the concentrated bigger positions versus spreading your risk out among 30 different stocks that you have to keep track of. Uh, how do you view this? Are you going for grand slams and fewer stocks? Or are you wanting to rack up the singles and doubles in 30 stocks? My advice would be this, is you need to understand who you are and how what you're able to actually deal with in the market because it's going to go up and down. Um, if you understand first kind of what, who you are and how you deal with emotion in the market, then I think you have a baseline for how you're going to construct your portfolio. If you're on the uh, less risk side of things, you're probably going to be focusing more on the producers, the royalty and streaming companies, or the uh, more advanced developers. And, and because of that, the amount of risk you're going to be taking is much lower, but your ability to have, you know, those really big multi-baggers is probably a lot less. So your expectation has to be, uh, you know, a little bit less. 
vice versa, there's going to be people that all they want to do is hit 10 baggers and they're able to come to the realization that if you have that mentality and you're going to be at the far end of the risk pyramid, that you have to be accept losers and wait for that that big hit. And that means you probably have to have a larger portfolio size too, because we all know that, you know, the, the chances of hitting like a, a really good, um, something that's going to become a mine economic mineralization, um, the odds are quite low. So you need to have probably 20 picks in your portfolio to make those probabilities in your favor. Then there's probably people more like me that's that has a more of a balanced approach where I want to take on risk, but a lot of let's say my last uh, my last pick that I made was Cartier Resources. In my view, Cartier is the reason why you invest in it first and foremost is because it's undervalued to um, or its price is less than its value because of what they have. You know, Chimo's deposit size, um, what that's worth if it's put into production, um, and then that the balance to that is exploration at Benoit. So I'm able to take expiration risk, which has upside, high upside potential, but I, my investment is underpinned by the value in the resource in Chimo. And it's and I think it's a, it's a real uh, deposit, something that could be in mine. So that's my balanced approach. And for me, I like to stay well under 20 stocks. And in the junior stock for premium portfolio right now, I believe we have 16 active positions. And I really like to keep that tight and concentrated into those positions. And anybody new to my letter, I would suggest you stick to the top five first and then kind of branch out from there um, as the rankings in the portfolio are always changing. So again, you know, find out what you want to do with the market and what your risk tolerance is, and then you move your, your portfolio allocations accordingly. Ryan, a question I've had for my own portfolio, um, and this would apply to accredited investors, is I've done more private companies, private placements, which for me as an American usually means in this year anyway, I have to hold the stock for at least seven months before I even have the ability to sell because of this legend issue with uh, U.S. investors investing in Canada. And then um, I have in the money warrants from private placements that are in the money. But all of this is very, very illiquid. Even with warrants, exercising them takes time. So if something happens, a market crash, you know, I'm at the mercy of the market. I can't do anything. What's your advice to me in regards to illiquidity in a junior mining market? I'm assuming it's a bull market, but if I'm wrong, things aren't going to go well for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is actually, this is a very good position to be in, I think. Um, when position size um, becomes a big uh Park. And I, what I mean by this is that you're talking about, you know, significant numbers of shares um, becomes a, a big part of your decision. I think that's a really good position or an enviable position to be in. Second to that, yes, when you start getting into those those large share blocks, that has to be a decision you make uh, before you get into the placement. Because um, like you say, the liquidity of, uh, of a company um, has to be in your favor to be able to liquidate those shares and actually realize the profits. So if you've got a if you if you're buying into a small let's say twenty thirty million dollar market cap company, and you want to take a significant position, um, one of the things you need to contemplate is how am I going to get out? And in most cases, when you start talking about multiple thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars, um, you are going to need a liquidity event, whether that's a really big, uh, a really good Joe result, 
or that's going to be the you know the second or a uh, big leg of the bull market where the interest in the public is is focused in on your company and the other thing is you have to make a conscious effort in realizing what the marketing capabilities are of that junior that you're with there's some companies that have really good drill intercepts yet they still don't get recognition from the market and you kind of wonder why um, and so that has to be part of your, your decision-making is, you know, let's, these are theoretical numbers, but if, if I'm taking, if I'm looking at this company, I really like, and I've got a hundred thousand dollars, you know, am I actually going to be able to take that out? Whereas if I had, let's say I put in 20,000 or 25 K into that private placement with those warrants, it's probably a lot easier for me to take that out regardless if this company is able to market, you know, they first do well. And then secondly, they're able to communicate that to the market because the two kind of go hand in hand. So um, if you've got doubts on the marketing capability or the market's recognition of, of, of what, um, that company is doing, then I suggest that you probably want to look on a smaller position size. The other side of it is, you know, a lot of these big investors within this sector, they take make big bets and their big bets are ultimately end with probably an acquisition. And that's, and again, if you're going to make a decision like that, um, you better be really sure you're in the right company. And that's why, again, you know, how we started off our, our conversation, um, that's where your education comes, you know, into a lot of importance and you have to be with the right people so that, you know, if you've got $500,000 in a position, you're actually going to be able to take it out because you can be right, but not be able to liquidate that position. And that's a big issue. Yep. And if you're listening to us and you want to be part of the success and the success stories that this uh, commodity bull cycle produces, Hopefully this conversation was inspirational to you. Just envision the financial freedom, envision your goals, and from there, work back. And if you're having a hard time devoting yourself to uh, studying and becoming a better speculator, it all starts with that vision and that end goal that you're, you're, um, you're aiming to get. Well, Brian, really appreciate uh, you having this discussion with me. That's, you have a great resource. And so if uh, people want to learn more, where do they go? Uh, juniorstockreview.com and the Diligent Speculator video series is available only for the yearly uh, subscription, um, just to make that that clear. Uh, but yeah, you'll, you'll see the navigation on the, the homepage. And thank you very much for having me, Bill. Excellent. We'll be talking to you in a month. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks concomitant with that if you don't do the work or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too i just started to study up on mining stocks and i just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really you could do really really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly 
the mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.